34 minutes after 11 o'clock, our Mellow Joy Coffee time. My pleasure to welcome back to the show Richard Hebert, Hebert's Garden Center, and he has brought in with him uh, some spiny plants. Uh, let me turn your mic down. There we go. Yeah, some different looking plants for a different looking day, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Uh, gray day. Um, right now we're in the clear, not in the clear necessarily, but uh, we've got a little break. Before the next wave of rain oh, really? comes in, that's not what I want to hear, Jeff. I don't know if, in fact, uh, along the Highway 90 corridor now, uh, there does seem to be some rain activity, and um, but it's getting close. And now uh, I think uh, Gaydon's pretty much out of the rain now. Maybe uh, light sprinkle at worst, so it's it's moving pretty quick. Okay, and as it had there. been forecast. So. Right. So it'll be it'll be finished in the next hour. I won't commit to an hour, <laughs> but I, I think by one. I think okay, all right, I think we go with that. Shape. I'm good with that. Anyway, happy we, to have you back. Uh, we'll uh, talk about uh, what's uh, you yeah, brought, uh, but just, anything else first? Yeah, before I start on the plants that I have here, I want to talk a little bit about the vegetables because that's uh, we're starting to see the concerns that we kind of talked about the last two weeks with the, uh, the fungus issues, uh, and they're there. And uh, so people are bringing in leaves that I kind of have uh, – you know, white, uh, you know, spots on the leaves or, or, or some browning or yellowing. And, and that's knew it was coming because when we start to get, you know, consistent rainfall. And you know how we always talk about, Jeff, not to water at night, not to water at night, not to water the leaves. Uh, but you can't help that with the rain. And so we're getting these night night rains. The leaves are staying wet and the ground is splashing the fungus. So we're starting to see it. So you definitely want to deal with that issue uh sooner than later even if you don't have it i would spray uh you know a, a fungicide label for vegetables uh to prevent it and uh and that works good we have to do that uh, at the store when we start to get this this much problems the other issue with the uh the vegetables is we're starting to see aphids aphids are a little tiny bug that come in many uh many multiples you'll see a, a bunch on the stems you'll see a bunch under the leaves and it'll cause the plant uh, in time to just wilt, and when you water it, it doesn't come back. And, and so they multiply fast, so you want to kind of stay on top of that. You know how we talk about when it comes to vegetables, you want to, take, you, you want to make these visual observations and, and go out there and really look in detail at your plants, you know, two or three times a week, and that's important. You want to go out there uh, and, and look. And, and the aphids will get a lot worse because of the moisture and the heat. So Is it preventable? Or it's is it it's you hard have to, to react? You almost have to react, okay. yeah. So I wouldn't say it's preventable, but uh, you'd want to kind of uh, look for them. And if you, so if you get them early enough, it's easy to control because they multiply so fast. Instead of trying to kill 1,000 of them, you might be trying to kill 100 of them, mm. which, which would be uh, a lot easier. So you want to look for that. And then the other thing that we're going to get uh, is uh, an issue called blossom end rot. And blossom end rot is when the fruit on the vegetable the bottom of the fruit or the blossom end will turn black. And it's always mis- misdiagnosed, and, I, and it's, it's kind of frustrating to me when a person comes in uh, in the fall and said, yeah, man, I just it, my, my tomato crop was a, a total loss. They got that fungus, and they all turned black at the bottom. When it's very easy to prevent and very organically easy to prevent, meaning you not have to put uh, you know, commercial chemicals in there. So it's actually caused by a lack of calcium, which calcium is lime, and so people say, well, I'm going to add lime in the saw. And that does help, but, but usually it occurs when you get extreme wet 
are extreme dry. And the reason it occurs there is because the roots cannot pull the calcium out of the ground when the soil is, is, is full of moisture, nor can it pull the calcium out of the ground when it's really, really dry. And so even though you might have lime in the soil, sometimes you've got to add it um, either as a liquid on the leaves or you side dress it and you uh, water it uh, with the side dress to prevent it. And, uh, and so anybody that has fruit, and you're going to get blossom end rot on tomatoes, predominantly tomatoes, peppers, and squash. Maybe even an eggplant will get it. But, but in that order, it's going to be, actually it's going to be tomatoes, um, squash, and peppers. Kind of in that order. I don't, know, I don't know if it's due to the number of plants that are out there or it's just that they're more susceptible. But those three uh, will will definitely definitely get it. And so if you start to get it, which I don't think it started yet. I haven't, no one has brought in, uh, but I'm just telling you the elements are, are right for it to happen. And I hate for people to lose their first crop of tomatoes or, or squash because they didn't know it was happening. So there's a liquid that you can actually spray the leaves that's totally organic. It's just calcium nitrate is all it is. And you spray it on the leaves, and that will prevent it. Or if you start to get it, you spray it on the leaves, and it will, will stop it. Or there's also uh, one called calcium nitrate that you put in the soil. And you could do that if you haven't gotten it yet. And you put that in the soil, and uh, it'll, it'll melt down. The roots will pick it up, and you'll have the calcium, and it'll prevent it. We, 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 it you normally see it uh, early on. It's usually the first crop of, uh, of, of fruit that you're going to see. And so you want to get out there and prevent it. And uh, although I haven't seen it yet, the, the situation is right. So if you, so if you have fruit on the vine, uh, such as tomatoes, and you'd want to put it down to make sure that you don't go out there one day and out of your six tomatoes, four of them <laughs> have this blossom end rot, and, and they're really going to be uh, not worth the doing. So kind of look for that. When it comes to the vegetables, people are also complaining that, you know, things are just not growing, and, and that makes sense. You know, our night temperatures have cooled down dramatically, and even though they may warm up because we had this cool cool session and we had another one maybe 7, 10, 12 days ago, and so and it kind of warmed up in the middle, but not long enough to kind of kickstart things. So it's, uh, it's, it's normal. It's not the only thing you can do about it. You, can, don't, you don't want to start putting a lot of fertilizer out there to try to pump it. It's not going to go till temp, night temperatures start to warm up again consistently. And when it does, and it will happen, Jeff, it's going gonna, it's gonna to really kick in and things are going to really uh, grow. So kind of don't panic. Uh, you know, if you haven't side dressed and they've been in the ground four to six weeks, you're going to want to side dress, and, and uh, uh, that should help it. But overall, actually, the, what people are saying, the vegetables are doing very well, um, um, and, which is a good sign. Just prevent the fungus so that it can keep staying that dark green, lush color. Any vegetables too late to plant? No, not really. Uh, obviously, on certain ones, you'd want to get an earlier start. But really, things like cucumbers and squash and okra and watermelon and cantaloupe, those five, that they can take the heat. They can do well. So don't worry about even even if you're planting the seed in the ground right now, Jeff, it's not an issue uh, at all. Okay. And uh, so, no, you definitely can put that in the ground. And tomatoes and all that, we still have, a, you know, a, we got another shipment of uh, tomatoes and peppers in yesterday. So you can still plant all that. You just Bell want peppers? To, or? Bell peppers, okay. uh, you know, pretty much everything. Bell peppers, eggplant, tomatoes, even cucumber plants and all that. But, but you, can certainly, uh, you can certainly still plant. 
and uh, with, with a with with not a major issue. Some of the issues we're starting to see with some of the bedding plants, the flowering plants, and the big one is, and we talk about it all the time, is the vinca. The vinca kind of, not all of them, and you know, you know, I tell people when you plant vinca, sometimes you got to kind of. You know, if you're planting 50 plants, you might lose 20%, and then you replant that 20, you're going to lose 20% of that 20%. And that's kind of what's going on now. You know, we're getting these, these, uh, these, this moisture and these cool temperatures. They don't like it. And so it, it's predominantly with Vinca. The, the only one I can think of that people are bringing in is the zinnias. Uh, zinnias will get a combination. They can get some fungus, fungus issues with situations like this, and then the slugs are going to start to come out, and slugs love the zinnias because of the moisture. And so uh, kind of look for that with the, uh, with the vinca. If you plant the vinca, it's really not much you can do about it. Just kind of replant and, and know that when night temperatures warm up, they're going to grow like a weed, and that's okay. But you, you shouldn't lose, unless it's a bad situation from the get-go, meaning that the ground's just wet and wasn't properly prepared. Uh, yeah, you, you lose a, a few of them, but just kind of replug them in there, and, and when temperatures warm up, you're, you're going to be in good shape. Uh, when it comes to some of the other ornamentals, the uh, the roses, we're starting to see issues with black spot, and that's, tr- that's directly due to uh, the the uh, cool temperatures. So kind of look for that and, uh, and, you know, stay on top of the roses. Roses need to be sprayed with fungicides. Now, granted, uh, the drift roses and knockout roses, which are more of a shrub rose, which were developed because they don't have issues with black spot, uh, uh, just remember this, that, yeah, they are much hardier, but, boy, if you can kind of slow it down, you're going to have a healthier-looking plant and a stronger plant as the season goes on. Jeff, last year when we had, uh, I don't know, it's probably August through the end of September, it must have been six or eight weeks of just water every oh, day. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that even, even the strongest of the strong or the hardiest of the hardiest uh, roses had trouble, and, and that's when the knockouts and even the, uh, the drift rose just had trouble because it was just – it was just unbelievable. It's not the fact that we had, you know, six inches range, rain in one day. It's just that we had rain literally every day for six or eight weeks, and that is that was just not good for so roses. So, so the roses, if you want to just keep those leaves looking glossy green and healthy, you, you, it would be a good idea to kind of kind of spray them in for a black spot, and that'll keep the yellowing in the in the in the uh, leaves healthy. But even there. Uh, as of right now, Jeff, the uh, the word on the flowers and, and the bedding plants and the shrubs has been pretty good. Overall, it ha- there haven't been any major issues uh, other than a couple that I'll talk about uh, right now. Okay. And uh, one is the Italian cypress. I talked about it last week. The Italian cypress is those tall, skinny cypress trees. And if you go look at St. Peter's Church, you're going to start to see some browning. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, – and, I believe the ones at the church are going to overcome it because they're, they're open and airy. But if you've got an uh, Italian cypress that may be kind of near the house or have a bunch of shrubs in it, you want to you spray for this fungus issues that's starting to occur. And maybe even drench under the tree to prevent the mites that are going to come uh, you know, sooner than later as temperatures get hot. So kind of look for that with the Italian cypress and, and uh, kind of make sure to stay at, uh, ahead of that. Another one that we're getting is uh, the hollies. We're starting to see uh, people come in and they're saying, you know, the the, uh, the the trunk of the hollies are are black and and uh, and but the leaves are green, and that's that's mostly to do with uh, sooty mold. And usually with sooty molds, you're going to have the older growth is going to be dark 
dark with this black stuff on, and the new growth is going to be green. Remember, that is not a that is not a true mold. Well, it is a mold, but it isn't caused by 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 mold. It's caused by an insect, and so now it'd be a great time to spray and or drench under those trees to prevent that from these bugs from attacking the uh, uh, the plants this summer. So you will see this mostly. Predominantly what we sell it for is crepe myrtle is a big one that it gives the city mold that you can drench now. Uh, hollies is another one that you could drench now. And then we also see it with camellias and uh, gardenias. And, and, again, it's the soil you're targeting, not the bark. With, not. With, the, with the drench, it's actually it's to prevent it. So you're soaking yeah. it underneath the bush, and the bush picks it up so that when these bugs come and bite on the plant, it'll prevent them and it'll prevent that city mold. Sometimes gotcha. on plants that maybe – historically if you've had issues with would say a, a crepe myrtle that always gets this black stuff many times you have to drench it twice so you have to drench it now let's say and then again in july and usually that's that's because either the crepe myrtle that variety is more susceptible to sooty mold or it's in a location where the sooty mold where the where the bugs can multiply easier meaning that it might be in a shadier spot instead of a sunny spot it may be in a spot that's not not a lot of airflow, so so where the leaves don't dry out. So, you know, if you, if you notoriously have an issue with with sooty mold on any plant, whether it be the holly or the crepe myrtle or the camellia, uh, it would be a good idea to go ahead and drench it to prevent that. And again, that mold looks like black soot that is on the leaf itself once once it uh, the bug has wreaked its damage. And so, if you can prevent it, those leaves will stay green. And actually, the plant would be much healthier and actually bloom a lot better also. Real good. Um, so I bought a couple. Uh, well, let me talk about lawns first, uh, Jeff. You know, we talked about the brown patch. We've kind of beat that drum uh, pretty heavy. And uh, so at this point, we're just recommending people to, to go do a visual in- inspection and to make sure. We sh- people are coming in right now for buttonweed, for dichondra, and for dollarweed, that's the three big ones. And that kind of makes sense, especially with the buttonweed. The buttonweed seems to always be there, but when we get moisture, it starts to germinate or grow. And, uh, and same thing with dollarweed. Dollarweed is a big, glossy leaf, and it loves moisture. And you, you don't kind of see it. If it gets hot and dry, you don't kind of see it. And so uh, you want to go and make those visual inspections. And really, I recommend is to go ahead and spray for these for these uh, weeds rather than do the weed and feed at this point spray. And as soon as you start to see these weeds decline, spot spray, spot spray, although technically you wouldn't have to, because there are chemicals that you could just overspray that won't hurt the grass. Okay. So, but you know, you just, you're just wasting chemical and you're putting more chemical out there. You don't need to. So you just walk with your, your sprayer and you, wherever you see them, you spray them. If you could do that now. And then in about a week, Fertilize with with a straight uh, with a straight slow release uh, fertilizer. That's going to be the best of both worlds. Meaning that, you know, if you don't spray with the weeds, you fertilize. You're fertilizing the grass and the weeds. But if you spray those weeds, the weeds are going to be in decline. The grass will pick up that fertilizer and cover up that the the weeds that are going to die. And so you'll kind of get the coverage you need to prevent it from coming back, and you're not going to be fertilizing those weeds. And, 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 and now's a great time to do it or in this time frame because the ground's wet. Uh, it's not too hot. So even though some of these chemicals, Jeff, that you can spray in the lawn, uh, 
technically you could spray and not hurt the lawn, but when temperatures start to get in the upper 80s and 90s, that's when you start to see some discoloration of the St. Augustine. And so you want now's the time to do it where you can spray without having to worry about any damage to the lawn because once we start to get into late May and June, it's more difficult to spray simply because of the fact that the grass many times will react to it because of the temperature rather than the fact that it's, you know, that it's vulnerable because of the, because of the, uh, uh, the weed killer. Uh, Dethatch de- dead areas. You know, we've been talking about brown patch. Uh, go, go in there with a garden rake and kind of rake out all that dead, dead place and, 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 and dead spots. And people are coming in saying, what kind, of, what kind of seed can I plant for these little spots that have died because of the brown patch that occurred in the fall and the winter? And generally what I tell them, I said, look, how big a spots do you have? And they add it up and they say, well, it probably adds up to, you know, 10 square feet. I said, well, the smart thing to do is just to buy some, some St. Augustine sod and plug it in there solid because it won't cost you that much. It may be 10 pieces. It might cost you 30 bucks. But because you, instead of trying to plant seed in there uh, where the weeds are going to have a chance to come up again, just just plug it with the sod and you won't have to worry about the weeds and you, and you have an instant lawn now i get it you know sometimes some people have these huge areas it might cost them two or three hundred dollars that's a different story uh, but the bottom line is is that trying to get some of the if it's the saint augustine lawn trying to get some of that sod in there so it can so it can start to take over from the middle or just do a solid coverage if it's a small area and that's kind of the that's kind of the easiest way to uh to do it all right jeff let's talk a little bit about some of the plants i brought in yeah. here and really all of this is hummingbird type plants, and the first one I want to talk yeah, the, about. The first one it, seems obvious. It, yeah. yeah, and it uh, it really doesn't look that beautiful, right? In here, does it? it? It's not looking its best. <laughs> Other than the tubular flowers are nice. That's right, and and uh, and this right here makes these little red tubular flowers, and it is a firecracker fern, and basically it's not a fern at all. But when the leaves will start, it has these straight, narrow leaves and this little plant is actually a unique looking plant i like to call it it's going to get about four feet tall jeff and it's going to be have a weeping nature but a bunch of these uh small i guess you'd say maybe half inch long tubular flowers red tubular flowers you know that the, that the hummingbirds love it loves the sun loves the heat can take abuse can take drying out just doesn't like the cold and uh it, and obviously we're not getting any cold that's going to affect this at this point but they grow very rapidly again Three to four feet tall, weeping nature. If you're looking for something different to kind of break up maybe a, a lot of green, uh, the, the thing I like about this plant is that it gives you an abundant number of flowers all summer long, but it also gives you a different texture uh, and uh, just, uh, just unique. And it, very, are there very variations hard. of leaves on that thing? Well, actually what you're looking at is leaves that haven't come out. And okay. so the, the – so there are some bigger ones. There's some bigger ones, but it's still going to be long okay. and narrow, and uh, and kind of kind of different. Uh, the other one I, I brought here is uh, this is also a hummingbird plant. It kind of has the same type flower as the uh, the, the 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 scarlet uh, fern, but this one actually is a is a heather or kufia. And again, see short tubular flowers, maybe a half inch long. But this has a little yellow in it. I was going to say a little bit of a twist there. This one's going to stay shorter. It's going to get full, and it's going to get about two, two and a half feet tall. 
bloom all summer long. Again, very hard as in terms of, of it coming to this, uh, uh, the next, you know, four, five, six months. And loves the heat, loves the sun. Again, a hummingbird attracted. Stay shorter than that. So if you have a spot that maybe you don't need a lot of height, this is a really good one. It's in the heather family. A lot of people kind of will uh, relate this to Mexican heather, uh, which is a another really hardy perennial. But this one's in the same family, but it has a completely different look. The leaves are different. Uh, the flowers are, are different. But it is in the kufia family and, again, very hardy. Um, and then this one I brought in a few weeks ago, but this one is, I bought it because it's blooming, but uh, it is uh, pineapple sage. Has that that pineapple right, scent to it, right. and uh, it'll make these flowers that uh, will will literally grow till a good hard freeze. Uh, everything in here that I have is considered perennials. Uh, they will die back um, uh, when temperatures get into when it when it freezes. You just cut them back, and they will come back. Except if we get a winter where the temperatures get below twenty five and stays there, then a lot of these I don't know what they call them as uh, a word they use now uh, where they kind of describe maybe temperamental perennials as opposed to regular perennials. You know, temperament meaning that, yeah, they're perennials, but if we get an unusual winter where it gets really, really cold, they may not come back. And that's kind of where I, I put these uh, in that category. So if you don't want to, if you have a place that you have a fence and you don't want to spend a lot of dollars on it, then uh, these seeds I brought in here, both hummingbird lovers. This one's called cypress vine, and this one's called cardinal climber. How, how big do those flowers get? Okay, um, so this because on the picture, it, it's I'm guessing it's enlarged. Uh, they are enlarged, yeah. exactly. So they're really small, but really prolific. And so there's a bunch of them on the vine. So it really makes a great show for either one of these cypress vines or it will vine along a fence. It will vine. Uh, Along a fence, uh, by itself, it will climb up. Both of these will do it. The only issue, Jeff, is they do shoot out a lot of seeds, meaning that as time goes on, they will shoot seeds. So you may have these in a lot more spots than you wanted, but they're easy to control. And uh, But if you're looking for something different, inexpensive, or if you have maybe a fence in the back corner away from the house and you don't want to spend a lot of time, give either one of these half a chance, meaning that just go take a shovel, Shovel it out, spread these seeds out, and, and kind of pack them in. Keep them wet. When temperatures warm up, they'll be, in a, they'll be up in about 10 to 14 days and then just stand back. And uh, you will have an aggressive, two aggressive vines that will give you color. Uh, these will freeze out. They may come up from seed next year, but they certainly will freeze out. So you, they won't stay there. This is not a great evergreen or a privacy, you know, vine. But they will, they will perform in an area that uh, that maybe you just don't want to spend a few a lot of dollars. You just want to put something out there and uh, let people see it from a distance. Two great uh, vines, and there's also others, but these the hummingbirds will will love, and and they do they do real well and are very very horny. Very good. Anything else before we let you go, Jeff? I think that's it. I hope everybody have a good weekend. It's going to be uh, bright and sunny this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Saturday, I. I They've waffled so much on this uh, this forecast, the weekend forecast. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, That's who knows? right. I mean, right now I think it's maybe 30 or 40% scattered. So, you know, maybe it's scattered somewhere else. But I, yeah. I agree. They're they waffling on this one. No doubt. No doubt. Richard, always a pleasure. Appreciate you coming by. And, uh, again, we'll look forward to the next time. Thank you, it'll, Jeff. It'll be May. The April flowers will 
or the April showers will have produced some it, May flowers yeah, by and, next week. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, uh, I saw on, on the news about a week ago uh, all the rains they're getting on the West Coast, uh, all these dormant seeds that have been dormant for many, many years really? are now blooming. They've oh, come wild. up and bloom, and, they, and they're showing pictures. It was dramatic. I mean, Idaho, uh, you know, where, where they've been getting all these rains that, sure. that's most, mostly drought conditions, and they, and they were showing the, the pictures, Jeff, for miles and miles. It was absolutely gorgeous. Very cool. Richard, always a pleasure. Thank you, Jeff.